delighted, and it was going off with desperate violence inside the carpet. Robert, with the air of one doing the only possible thing, rushed to the window and opened it. Anthea screamed, Jane burst into tears, and Cyril turned the table wrong way up on top of the carpet heap. But the firework went on, banging and bursting and spluttering even underneath the table. Next moment, Mother rushed in, attracted by the howls of Anthea, and in a few moments the firework desisted and there was a dead silence, and the children stood looking at each other's black faces and, out of the corners of their eyes, at Mother's white one. The fact that the nursery carpet was ruined occasioned about little surprise. The rest of the fireworks were confiscated, and Mother was not pleased when Father let them off himself in the back garden, though he said, "'Well, how else can you get rid of them, my dear?' You see, Father had forgotten that the children were in disgrace, and that their bedroom windows looked out onto the back garden, so they all saw the fireworks most beautifully. Next day all was forgotten and forgiven, only the nursery had to be cleaned and the ceiling had to be whitewashed. Mother went out, and at tea-time next day a man came with a rolled-up carpet, and father paid him, and mother said, If the carpet isn't in good condition, you know I shall expect you to change it. Then the carpet was put down in the nursery, and sure enough, there wasn't a hole in it anywhere. As the last fold was unrolled, something hard and loud-sounding bumped out of it. All the children scrambled for it, and Cyril got it. It was shaped like an egg, very yellow and shiny, half transparent, and it had an odd sort of light in it that changed as you held it in different ways. It was as though it was an egg with a yoke of pale fire that just showed through the stone. Mother said they must take it back to the man who had brought the carpet, because she had only paid for a carpet and not for a stone egg with a fiery yoke to it. So she told them where the shop was. It was a pokey little shop and directly the man saw the children, he knew them again, and he began at once, without giving them a chance to speak. "'No, you don't,' he cried loudly. "'I ain't a-going to take back no carpets, so don't you make no blooming error. A bargain's a bargain, and the carpets puff it throughout.' "'We don't want you to take it back,' said Cyril. "'But we found something in it.' "'It must have got into it, up at your place, then,' said the man with indignant promptness. For there ain't nothing, in nothing as I sell. It's all as clean as a whistle. I never said it wasn't clean, said Cyril. But, oh, if it's moths, said the man, that's easy cured. But I expect it was only an odd one. I tell you, the carpet's good through and through. It hadn't got no moths when it left my hands, not so much as an egg. But that's just it, interrupted Jane. There was so much as an egg. The man made a sort of rush at the children and stamped his foot. Clear out, I say, he shouted, or I'll call for the police. The children fled. So the egg was put on the mantelpiece, where it quite brightened up the nursery, which was dingy because it was a basement room. On the 5th of November, father and mother went to the theatre, and the children were not happy because the Prossers next door had lots of fireworks, 
and they had none. They were not even allowed to have a bonfire in the garden. No more playing with fire, thank you, was father's answer when they asked him. When the baby had been put to bed, the children sat sadly round the fire in the nursery. I'm bored, said Robert. Let's talk about the Samiad, said Anthea, who generally tried to give the conversation a cheerful turn. What's the good of talking, said Cyril. What I want is for something to happen. It's awfully stuffy not to be allowed out in the evenings. We've got the pleasure of memory, said she. Just think of last holidays. Last holidays, indeed, offered something to think of, for they had been spent in the country at a white house between a sand pit and a gravel pit, and things had happened. The children had found a samiad or sand fairy, and it had let them have anything they wished for. I don't want to think about the pleasures of memory, said Cyril. I want some more things to happen. We're very much luckier than anyone else as it is, said Jane. Why, no one else ever found a samiad. Perhaps something will happen, said Anthea comfortably. Do you know, sometimes I think we are the sort of people that things do happen to. I wish they taught magic at school. Jane sighed. I believe if we could do a little magic, it might make something happen. I wonder how you begin. Robert looked round the room, but he got no ideas. Let's get the Inglesby legends. There's a thing about abracadabra there, said Cyril. We may as well play at magic. I'll get Inglesby, said Anthea hastily. You turn up the hearthrug. They traced strange figures with chalk on the linoleum where the hearthrug had kept it clean, and they chanted all the gloomiest songs they could think of, and of course nothing happened. So then Anthea said, I'm sure a magic fire ought to be made, of sweet-smelling wood and have magic gums and essences and things in it. I don't know any sweet-smelling wood, except cedar, said Robert. But I've got some ends of cedarwood pencils. So they burned the ends of the pencils, and still nothing happened. Let's burn some of the eucalyptus oil we have for our colds, said Anthea. And they did. It certainly smelt very strong. And they burned lumps of camphor. It was very bright, and made a horrid black smoke which looked very magical. But still nothing happened. Then they got some clean tea cloths from the kitchen and waved them over the magic chalk tracings and sang a hymn, and still nothing happened. So they waved more and more wildly, and Robert's tea cloth caught the golden egg and whisked it off the mantelpiece, and it fell into the fender and rolled under the grate. Everyone instantly fell down flat to look under the grate, and there lay the egg, glowing in a nest of hot ashes. It's not smashed, anyhow said Robert, and he put his hand under the grate and picked up the egg. But the egg was much hotter than anyone would have believed it could possibly get in such a short time, and Robert had to drop it. It fell on the top bar of the grate and bounced right into the glowing red-hot heart of the fire. The tongs! cried Anthea, but no one could remember where they were. Never mind, said Robert. We'll get it out with the poker and the shovel. 
Oh, stop! cried Anthea. Look at it. Look. I do believe something is going to happen. For the egg was now red hot, and inside it something was moving. Next moment there was a soft cracking sound. The egg burst in two, and out of it came a flame-coloured bird. It rested a moment among the flames, and as it rested there, the four children could see it growing bigger and bigger under their eyes. The bird rose in its nest of fire, stretched its wings, and flew out into the room. It flew round and round and round again, and where it passed, the air was warm. Then it perched on the fender. The children looked at each other. Then Cyril put out a hand towards the bird. It put its head on one side and looked up at him and said, Be careful. I am not nearly cool yet. They looked at the bird. Its feathers were like gold, and it was about as large as a bantam. I believe I know what it is, said Robert. I've seen a picture. He hurried away. When he came back into the room, holding out a paper and crying, I say, look here. The others all said, Hush, for the bird was speaking. Which of you, it was saying, put the egg into the fire? He did, said three voices, and three fingers pointed at Robert. The bird bowed. I am your grateful debtor. It said. The children were all choking with wonder and curiosity, all except Robert. He held the paper.